perspectives, different views, one voice. All right, welcome to the LDM Perspective. My name is Cam. I'm your host for this episode. This is episode 59, and we'll be discussing the topic of is it racist to portray Jesus as a white person? In this particular episode, we'll be looking at the depiction of Jesus in the Bible, the portrayal of the blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus, and whether, and we'll be asking ourselves the question as to whether that particular portrayal is racist. Um, we'll be also be asking ourselves, is there an agenda? And do we give Christianity a pass for its role in slavery? So some quite thought, some thought provoking sort of um, questions here. Um, I'm joined in this conversation with my co-hosts. Yeah, my name's Mo. Ali. And I'm Coach. Cool. Um, and, and before we get started in the conversation, just wanted to say that um, you can like and subscribe us on YouTube. Um, and if you, if you have any particular questions or thoughts about this particular um, topic, please leave any comments um, in the comment section on YouTube. Um, so let's 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 start let's start this off. Um, is it racist to portray Jesus as white? Um, I want to get the ball rolling by just getting some initial thoughts from you guys and what you think about it. So, um, Kodj, did you? Who we who who we going with first? Is it Kodj or Mo? Yeah, no, I'm 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 happy to talk up first. Um, I think with any particular statement, it's um, it's always difficult to answer anything with just a straight yes or no answer, without actually fully having a concise um, kind of statement or question. Um, I think with this particular question, to make it more precise, it is racist in the context of the current times and how it's being used, that image. Um, and especially knowing that he wasn't white. Um, so that's a deliberate, fabrication or misidentification or misinformation of portraying him in another way. Um, so I would definitely say in those contexts, it definitely is 100% racist, 100. Yeah? Anybody else want to chime in? Who wants to chime in there? <laughs> Anyone want to go in next? Um, <laughs> what, what I will say, I will question, the question I will ask is why, why have we allowed it to be whitewashed? And um, but let, let's, is, let's 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 draw it back in. Is is it is it racist to portray Jesus as a white person? I don't I don't I don't want to use the word racism. I don't want to use the word racism. I want to use the word is privilege, is empowering, is the oppressor, because the racism itself they already clearly know that Christ is burnished bronze. So burnished bronze. If you look into the color scheme of that, that is definitely brown. And if you look into the descendant of Jesus Christ himself, he came through, um, it came through King David. And then you go back down, it came through Abraham. So looking through the timeline, and all of that was in part of East, um, East, um, East Africa, which is, as, as you clearly we understand that Jesus Christ himself is, is a Jewish, is Jew and through the Israelite. So you can, if you see him through the timeline or through what history is, has said about him and himself, that clearly has portrayed everything. So there's one thing of saying, you're gonna accept Jesus Christ as a savior, but you're, ignore, you're ignoring 
that his 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 own identity is burnished brown, um, burnished bronze. So that alone, I don't want to use the word racism. That is just uh, because it's not all white that will be in that subject of saying that all white all white are racist. Is it's all started from since the Roman Empire. So it's a long history that has been hidden till now. So I'll just leave it there for now. And but as I go on, I will talk more, elaborate more into that. Okay, Coach, what's your what's your view on it? I think I think and and for me, it always comes back to this whole idea of um, because there there's been conversations that people have had to say that Jesus is always painted in the image of a specific group. So you've had conversations where people might have said that. If you go to certain parts of Africa, Jesus is depicted as a black man. If you go to like, I don't know, if you go to like, um, if you go to South America, Jesus is um, depicted as the kind of image and the skin color of, of, of those people within those communities. And, and I think obviously for me, the reason why I think it's a bit, it's racist is um, there's been elements of this image that has been used to kind of propel the whole ideology of white supremacy and white privilege in a sense that when you go a bit back and you go about to slavery and you go about what this imagery was kind of used to do, um, it makes it difficult for myself being a black man belonging to a church and I'll see this image of this white Jesus because what it does do is that it kind of enforces the ideology of white supremacy. Um, I find it difficult for a black person to be looking at a white Jesus and almost trying to picture the idea of what God will look like, because the idea of what God will look like, if you're looking at white Jesus, then it's only, it's only right that you're going to think that God is white. So if God is white, and then you're going to then think of the white population and think that, oh, why they have this kind of um, supposed power, um, then it makes you be a bit more accepted. As, what was the word? I'm not, I'm not finding the right way, but you almost accept your kind of fate within this kind of environment. So I think for me, that, that's, that's the, what I would say that it is racist. But then there has been counter arguments to say that God is almost in the image of a specific community. It just happens that when it comes to the kind of like the Western community, it just, it just happens that their ideology or when they try to practice God in their own image, that, that kind of then is shared with the rest of the world. So for instance, because of Hollywood, they're able to propel that imagery of Jesus more and it will reach a bit more people and um, it will reach further parts of the world rather than maybe in Africa a specific community depicting that image of Jesus in black they don't have the media power to kind of spread that 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 uh, that, that visionary image of Jesus so I guess there is that counter argument um, I guess okay thank you for your thoughts um, just to let um, any members of the audience know if you have any particular questions or points you want to put forward please um, send a direct message to Kodge and he'll be able to um, get your, your, and he'll be able to get your airs, your views aired on this particular episode. So I think just to touch very briefly on this particular topic, I mean, for me, it's, um, it, 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 I guess it's a question, it is a question of imagery. Um, but in reality, I mean, we have no historical artifacts to actually, um, tell us exactly what Jesus looked like. And when I say that, there's no photographs, there's nothing to indicate what Jesus looked like. The clear assumption would be, being from the part of the world that he was at that particular time, the assumption is that the indigenous people in that particular area were, were 
I guess they, they, they were bronze and they had a particular um, complexion to them. So that, that's the assumption that one would make, but in reality, we have no photographs or anything to even completely back up that particular stance. Um, I guess the question of, is it racist to portray Jesus as, as, as a white person is, um, I mean, it, a lot of it comes back down to, it comes back to the roots of colonialism, when a lot of um, countries um, ventured out to other parts of the world, and Africa being one of them, and a lot of and, and a lot of that was to indoctrinate the people there with with Christianity. Um, one of the first travelers or countries to travel to say Ghana were, were the Portuguese, and and one of the main aims of traveling to Ghana was to um, indoctrinate the people with Christianity. And at the time, that would have been through the portrayal of of pictures of of, of a white Jesus. But um, I've, I'm open to sort of hear views from a bit few more people as to what they think if we've got anyone in their college is there anyone that wants to add in any particular views at this point sorry not at the moment but I just wanted to just touch on something you said quickly regarding the historical imagery of Jesus yes there isn't any but the bible in itself which is the holy bible that Christians kind of you know like is the is the is the message from God actually depicts Jesus in a different kind of um imagery to what is presented to us so if even if you're going by the accounts of that the imagery that we're being depicted to is not that imagery that should be shared if you get what i mean so the closest thing that you could build an image of jesus is what is said in the bible and i think that's just a point that i just wanted to make because as you what, mentioned that there is, what does it what does it say in the bible can you quote that can i, can I this oh, no, I, just, I just i just want can to finish I, this point let me just finish this point earlier <laughs> Yeah, is um it says it says Revelation chapter one yeah. verses yeah. fourteen fifteen, it says that the hairs of his head, of his head, it it says were white as a wool, white as a snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were the burnish of bronze. That alone, that has described what Jesus as appearance, his identity is. So for for acknowledging that, but then not accepting it as what culture just addressed and what i'm trying to say by not accepting it then there's a problem there so there is identity there there is even ibm for example ibm have done a research took them over 10 years of doing a research right and within that 10 years of doing that research they went the whole world they traveling the whole world Right, and this was with um, Dr. Fearon Williams, which is which he says the Bible is black. They've done a, a research, and it took them ten years, as I was saying, and they came to a point where um, the first man was Adam, and it was in East um, Africa. So East Africa, if you put into that, is in Africa, and then obviously Ethiopia as well within that time period, but. Uh, the Bible historically has mentioned his, his identity, his appearance, and what he looks like. So for not knowing, not, for not actually trying to get to that point and trying to define it and accepting it, then that's where the bigger problem is. Yeah, I did want to come in. Um, so I did want to talk a bit of some kind of history in terms of when Jesus was first being depicted as a white blonde hair, blue eyed individual. 
um, or at least a white Caucasian anyway in that sense. Um, so what you'll find, as Kojo mentioned before, a lot of different societies where Christianity went through portrayed um, Jesus Christ in the image of their local people. So you'll get countries like Ethiopia, even South Indian, South Asian countries, they all have pictures of Jesus that looks like them and their local people. Um, and so what you also find is around the 15th century, uh, this is the Renaissance time um, in the whole Italy and Milan, you've got them also now starting to draw Jesus, but in their own kind of personal like. Um, so you've got the big Last Supper picture, for example, by Leonardo da Vinci, where he portrays Jesus at the Last Supper and he announces that there, someone will betray him amongst his disciples and you've got all the other disciples angry. And obviously when da Vinci has drawn him, he has no idea what Jesus looks like, but he basically puts down an image of what he thinks the Last Supper would look like in his mind. And obviously he's gonna use people that look like him. So in those kind of contexts, it's not racist. I, I don't think that it's racist um, to be drawing a picture and using that picture locally amongst your own people um, to portray a figure that you see so highly. I think the dangers where it comes is more in the 1800s, where around the whole slavery period, um, basically the British, as you may say, or the white Europeans, because it weren't just the British, it was the Portuguese as well, the Spanish and that, they hung on to this whole description of Jesus, whereby they say that he was blinding light. And then they now ascertain the words purity, light and white to the image of Jesus. And then they also add in this whole darkness being evil. So dark and black and stuff is being evil. And in doing this, they use this doctrine. So they weaponize um, Christianity towards their white supremacy agendas in their missionaries. And that's when they're doing the whole slavery and they're trying to push um, Christianity onto Africa. Um, so then in those contexts, I would say it's racist because of how they're using that image. Um, but initially, I, I personally don't think it was racist in terms of, in the 1500s anyway, what they were doing through white European Europe of portraying Jesus as white. It's how it was then used later on and knowing that he was different because at them times they didn't really know that he was described differently. I'm talking the artists that were painting him, not necessarily the church. The church probably knew and left it and didn't say otherwise, but that's a whole different thing. But in terms of them, when someone is doing it, I think not knowing, so the whole ignorance argument, it's, I wouldn't say it is, but it's how it was then used to weaponize um, white supremacy using Christianity. I think that was the dangerous part in it. Mo, Mo, um, I think I might be wrong on this, but if, if um, they're, not, they're not knowing when they put, um, did the, the, when they draw Jesus Christ, right? You have to understand the timeline where the Roman Empire was so huge. I think this is what I probably wanted to understand clearly. They were so huge. They realized that when Christ died, that actually he was Christ. So what they did, before, you have to remember, before they used to kill Christian. You have to remember this. 
they used to kill Christian because they didn't want them to be spreading the, so just, the, the hold on Ali. So just to clarify, you have the Roman Empire span over a long period of time. So Jesus, no, actually li- Jesus actually lived during the Roman Empire. It was the Romans that actually crucified Jesus. That's what and I'm trying to say. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I'm saying the same thing what you're saying. They are literally, they didn't want that, right? So when they realized when Christ died, they realized that he was the Messiah, right? Okay. So then from that period of time, so when did Leonardo DiCaprio decided now to portray or have Le- Leonardo da Vinci? Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci. Yeah. Leonardo da Vinci. When he decided to, to draw now Jesus Christ, this was the same timeline, right? This was not this, more, correct me if I want, was not this the same timeline. It wasn't. Timeline. It wasn't. It wasn't. Jesus, Jesus died around the first century. This is the okay. 15th century. But then, would. would, would, would the, 14 centuries later. Okay, would not, would not the Bible still be still be there within that timeline would it not be studying the bible for them not to know that this is the image of christ this, in, I'm in, which, trying, uh, in which timeline so in the timeline of jesus time there was no christian bible the bible didn't come until two three hundred years later okay so then when when they did when he was drawn then obviously within that timeline they didn't know about it right is that what you're what you're saying it, it, it is fair to say that they didn't in the 1400s. No one knew what Jesus looked like. Then where did the Bible come from? How did the Bible start knowing, people start knowing about the Bible? No, oh, see, that, that, that's going into a whole mad conversation. Honestly. But, but, um, you, do, but you know what I'm trying to get at? Because if they're drawing something... I guess at this point. Yeah. If they're trying no, to draw I, something, but yeah. I, I don't want to get into it, but I'm, I'm trying to understand the timeline where it went all wrong because Roman had the anyway anyway well we'll just leave it no 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 I, I get what you're saying and I think it's about thinking in terms of you're thinking about how did this all blow up or get wrong um, in terms of how Jesus was portrayed and as I mentioned before there were so many other different communities around the 1500s or even before that were locally portraying Jesus in their local image or view. And that was kept amongst their people because this is how their people would worship Christ. The dangerous effect is when you are now imposing this image of God on another community. And that's what the missionaries were doing. They were imposing this image of God onto a whole different community. That's completely different to a community itself creating an image of Christ and using that image, if you get what I mean. And, and, and that's where the dangers, and I, would, and I would describe the racism side of it comes in, is because you're now intentionally portraying it in a different light to other people, knowing that there is a difference. And then you then have to talk about the church's role in this, because the church can't be naive and unaware of what is going on here. They're fully aware as in when a lot of these missionaries come, let's say in the 20th century, they would go around and they would give their books, children's books. And in all these children's books, they're portraying Jesus as blonde hair, blue eyed in all these different communities. And the church is a, a, um, um, complicit in this because they can't say they didn't know that these books were done. Like with all these things, it goes through someone to agree to say yes, whatever. 
and they would have picked up on stuff like that. But they're still allowing this imagery to go through, especially to young minds that are more susceptible as young kids. So that's why I think the, the, the description of racism, I think, is a perfect description in this day and age for something that's continued for so long, knowing that it's wrong and nothing is being done about it. Okay, thank you for that, Mark. Um, and I think it, it, I guess it's interesting that, I guess um, it's, it's a bit of a nuanced topic, isn't it? Because in terms of um, whether it's, it's racist to portray Jesus as blonde haired, blue eyes, there's an argument for both sides of the coin because on one hand you can say if communities in particular were drawing were drawing Jesus in the images in the image of their own people um, and at the time Europeans were doing that then you can't arguably say that that's racist because they're only doing what other communities were doing in terms of their portrayal of Jesus however where you're moving on to another aspect of it in terms of colonialism and that sort of stuff where it's being imposed on 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 other communities that particular image then there's an argument then the argument becomes um stronger to say that it certainly is racist and that moves on to the next part of our conversation because um the question that we want i wanted to tackle next um is, is was whether there is an agenda um and do we give christianity a pass for its role in slavery and before um we delve really heavily into that topic i just sort of wanted to get the views from um, each one of you guys as to what you think in, in, in terms of that. I'm going to start off um, with, um, with Mo. I think, so as I was mentioning before, in terms of their portrayal of um, Jesus, how the church was complicit basically in allowing it. And I, I believe in the argument of, you know, when someone says, I'm not racist, and it's good to say that you're not racist, but the main thing is you should be anti-racist. And not being racist is not the same as being anti-racist. And I feel that's where the church kind of fails in terms of they want to sit on the fence and step back, but they're not actually actively doing anything to combat certain things. Um, and, and in terms of the whole racism thing, I, I do feel they get a massive blight um, just because they were one of the biggest beneficiaries of the 1833 um, Racism Act in the UK. So the Anglican Church were paid, I think it was a third of the money. So all those money that we were paying back in our taxes, yeah, all that money we were paying back in our taxes until 2015, the church was benefiting from that. Um, and I, and I just feel like, I feel they're easily forgotten about in the story of slavery. The church isn't really mentioned much, as much as a lot of the stuff that they did do and contribute to and benefited from. Um, I think it's easy to attack and uh, victimize certain private businesses out there, but then you need to be consistent in how you're doing that because the church definitely had a big role in things like that. That's my thoughts anyway. Coach, you want to chime in? So the question is, um, is there an agenda? And do we give Christianity a pass for its role in slavery? Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think that that's the stuff where sometimes I think just going back to the whole idea of 
and this is what I keep on saying, because even if you, you talk about the localized kind of ideology of Jesus and Jesus being the image of the locals or whatever we want to talk about, then I'm guessing the locals in, in, in England is changing. That dynamics is changing because the black person is British. So how do I find that sense of Jesus in my own image? How does that represent? What, what does that look like to me? So I think it's difficult to have those kind of conversations because even um, um, in the Guardian, I know the Archbishop um, for the Church of England came out to say that the Church of England need to rethink their portrayal of Jesus as white. And this is what I'm saying regarding these kind of conversations that it needs to come to a point where these conversations need to be had because if we if we even going back to the Bible, and yes, when you read some of the description of the Bible, we could say it's a bit, you, you might not be able to understand. It's still difficult to say that Jesus is black as in uh, finite to say that Jesus is black, but we definitely know that Jesus is not white at all. So I think even if that's the case, then some of this imagery is something I need to be re re rethought about. And I think, and I guess this also goes back to some of the conversations we had before where we discussed whether it's our duty to educate um, people about racism. And that, the reason why I bring up that conversation is because in this kind of, um, in this predicament, in this specific conversation, I almost see that the depiction of white Jesus as a white man kind of evaluates the whole understanding of that white supremacy and that white privilege and what that comes with it. It brings the whole sub, 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 subpar kind of um, status that black people um, get. And I think some people already use the whole um, conversation around colonialism. And even when you talk specifically about Ghana and what Christianity was used to do in Ghana, where we know that a lot of the kings that were in power at that time were taken to the Seychelles. And at, at that point is where they were indoctrinated, where they were introduced to Christianity. And the whole idea was that once they actually come back from the Seychelles and they go back to their kind of communities, they will be pushing, they'll be pushing this ideology along. So it was done systemat systematically in order to kind of give this whole kind of white supremacy. So I think right now the conversation that's being had where we're rethinking about the imagery of Jesus, sometimes I always say when it's not benefit of the actual perpetrator, then these kind of things might not, these conversations might not be had. Because yes, we've understood that the church's role in slavery and the kind of like the whole um, reparations that they receive regarding slavery. And then we're understanding that this imagery, how this imagery is still being used. So of course, at some point, someone somewhere knows that it's not right. Hence the reason why you have this um, Archbishop um, of, for the Church of England will be coming out to make this kind of comment. So I think it's about time that these conversations are being had again, because it's, I just feel like it's difficult to belong to a religion. And when you close your eyes, and I do not, I do not care what people say, um, not that I don't care what people say, because the imagery that's been put of Jesus, put, um, push with Jesus being white, it's hard to close your eyes and not imagine God to be white. If you've grew, grown up seeing this imagery of Jesus as a white man, I, I for one don't think, it, and I think it's difficult for our children to embrace that without feeling a bit um, subpar to, to a white person. Ali, you want to chime in? The question is what? Can you rephrase that quickly, please? Yeah, so the question is um, whether there's an agenda, um, and if so, do we give Christianity a pass for its role in slavery? Um, first of all, there is an agenda, and second of all, no, I shouldn't give um, I shouldn't give the church um, a pass regarding it because, like what my host had just mentioned, 
it clearly is. As I mentioned previously, I do not want to use the word racism. All I wanted to say is, is dominate, empowering, um, privilege, and um, just feeling that they are higher, they're superior. So I don't want to use the word race. The race word is they already know within the Bible, Revelation chapter um, 1, verses 14, 5. They already know the answer. So the way I see it is I can argue with two sides of this. It's either they left that, that chapter deliberately for us to know the true identity of him, or they are doing it deliberately to suit their need. And to suit their need is all of what I've just mentioned, the key point. So the, the church itself, as you can imagine, there's two sides of the church. You've got um, Church of England, and then you've got Catholic. So Catholic are the one that first started all of these problems since after the Roman Empire. So they dominated it, and then they decided to do whatever they wanted to do. And until now, is to say Jesus, they've portrayed as Jesus as a white. But for me personally, I'm just going to leave it from there. I don't think that there is a clearly agenda, and the agenda is already stated at whatever they're doing. And definitely, they shouldn't have a pass. So there should be, because the reason why I'm mentioning this is like, you cannot separate Christ from his intensity, right? And then from his color and saying you're accepting a Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? You either, you accept him as a whole, or is it either you don't? So that's my argument in that. Thank you for that, Ali. Um, Kodj, does anyone want to... Um in our audience want to speak on any of the topics that we've discussed today? Yeah, we've had some comments here. Um, we've had Jesse, we've had Nathaniel. Um, Nathaniel, is this, is this a part that you want to kind of, uh, maybe Nathaniel could come in then after Jesse could leave to part some of the comments that he shared here. Anything to add to this conversation at this point? Yeah, sure. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can. Um, it's a difficult one. Um, so, with Jesus being white, I, I really think it was, it's, it's a tactic that they used consciously to um, promote the notion of white superiority. Um, it was a tactic. I don't think they were saying that Jesus wasn't black. I just think it more aligned with their agenda to say that actually we are superior to everybody else on the planet. So if Jesus was white and divine, we are white and we are divine is saying that the Bible says that we were made in his image or Jesus, Jesus was made in, or God was made in, in, his, in his own image or we were made of, after God's own image. And if we were made after God and we are white, then we are the people. And it goes hand in hand with the dehumanization of um, the African race and the Indian races and the Asian, all the Asian races as, as, as such. So as you see the colonization and the spread of the Europeans across the globe, they use this tactic to dehumanize and to devalue all that wasn't white. So I think it's purely a part of that. It's just a, another tool in their armory to say that we are divine and we are better than all of you. You guys are just savages. And that's, and that's my perspective on it. Yeah, thanks Nathaniel. And I think just to go over the comments that you shared with us, um, the church were far more insidious and instrumental in the colonization of the African continent. The missionaries arrived alongside the traders. The missionaries were the soft hand of the authority and they set up the schools which not only taught European religion, 
and teaching, but also used to promote the European brand, which contributed to the destruction of communities. The notion of black Jesus goes against the view of white superiority. So white Jesus was made to be the superhero of the day. And I think that's just what you kind of wrapped up in your... So you, um, are you saying that they played good cop, bad cop, yeah? Good cop, bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> jab, 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 you're not ready. And you're knocked out and everything is gone. <laughs> What Nathaniel is just saying to us, really. Um, I think Jesse point, wanted to come in. Can get Jesse to share his kind of comments with us, please? What's going on, people? Um, so I've tuned in quite late. Um, from what you guys... Can you, can you guys hear me, yeah? Cool. Um, from what you guys were saying for, about the question, obviously about... I, I commented saying, well, if he wasn't black why did they make such an effort to actually go around the whole entire world and market i mean this white jesus image you know if you look at every other religion after colonization um sikh hinduism islam there's always a whitened version of these people so um in order for them to win over the world or win over African people because obviously you know the first in my opinion the first world war started in Africa during colonial times is when they realized our stronghold and our power is in, in our gods and our spirituality so they needed to customize that in such a way that it reflects them so when our kids grow up you know and you know they will see a white image and they see that as obviously someone that's you know powerful but what I find funny was when I went to Germany and um, when I went to places like Italy, for example, there are certain churches that have a big, bold, black statue of the, you know, Mary and, you know, the baby, Madonna, the black Madonna and child in Jesus. And they all tell you, they all tell you, even with St. Christopher or St. Nicholas, they all tell you that these people are black people. They understand that because their side of Catholicism or, or Christianity has got different books written in different languages. So there's parts in some of those verses, I don't know the verses off head, but if you look at, um, if, I, if I remember correctly, Deuteronomy, um, I think it may have been chapter one or two where they were basically dealing with the plagues that were infecting the Israelites when they had obviously left Egypt. And they describe that those that had, you know, to identify this virus or plague, those that had white blotched skin or, or, or blonde hair in another sense, you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to, you know, isolate away from the camp and whatnot. These people were obviously infected and whatnot. When you look at the tribes of Esau, you can directly relate those to the Ashanti, the Benin tribes, the Yoruba tribes of West Africa. Um, the Hebrew Israelite, the real Hebrew Israelite or Hebrew African Jew, I've been to Israel myself, and you will see them, the Sudanese, the Ethiopian Jews, they're all black. When you go to Israel, inside one of the temples where they claim that um, this is where Jesus took his last breath or whatever. Inside the temple, I actually have a picture of the 12 disciples, you know, around the bed of Jesus or where Jesus is laying to rest. And they're all literally colored in black. Now, my tour guide tried to tell me that, oh, that was just due to, you know, erosion or the light or people keep taking photos or whatever. But then what you find is that all the other pictures that are around him remain to be white. They all remain to be white for some reason, but this one automatically. So essentially when you're dealing with this, it's, it's in the proofs and the pudding, isn't it? No one from that climate 
naturally will be able to survive as a white man. There's no white, when I mean white, I'm talking Brad Pitt white, you know, or Boris Johnson white. They wouldn't be able to survive in the so-called Middle East during that time. Do you see where I'm coming from? The Jewish people that are there are Semites, meaning they're mixed in with the indigenous people who are Africans. Do you see where I'm coming from? Hence why Hitler was killing them. Hitler was like, you guys are not even white. Just where I'm coming from, but that's, that was another discussion. But yeah, in terms of the whole whitewashing, it's 100 percent well, agenda. Look at it now. Look at our music. Look at our culture. They always try and whitewash it. So, Would you say but, yeah. though to portray Jesus as white? Say that again. Would you say that it's racist to portray Jesus as white? Um. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Racism is white supremacy, and the dominant society are pushing white supremacy. So, yes, it is a construct. Um, it was created for them to enslave Africans. I mean, it's, it's worked. the best marketing plan that's worked so far in the entire history of man, unfortunately. But this is where we have to have conversations like this to understand why. You know, um, having a black Jesus in your house as a Christian is not a bad thing. Some Christians, that they, they're even scared to sometimes say that Jesus is is black they'll be like oh he was olive skin and i'm like yeah that's that's the oppressor that's made you think that he can never be a black man but we know everything religious everything powerful everything magical about this world comes and started in africa so that's 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 me that's my thoughts on um, uh, the question yeah it's, it's interesting jesse though some of the stuff that you just shared with us um because i for one as well i've been to israel before and mm. I must say, I missed where you went to, where you saw the disciples being depicted. Yeah. And, but everything else that I saw was, it wasn't even white, it was pale, as white as white can be. <laughs> Especially when you were um, on Orthodox churches, when you know that yeah, they yeah, grunge. But yeah, and, and I think even whilst I was there, I was speaking to my vicar, and I asked that direct question to say, I'm a bit perplexed to come all the way to Israel to see this depiction of Jesus. And yeah. I tried and his ideology of it because obviously when you understand vicars they go to theologian school and stuff so they know more about theology and how the fiction sort of thing but i'm wondering did you get that same sense of um regarding the imagery in israel because i saw a lot of kind of whitewash kind of imagery when i went there as well uh, um yeah when i well it was funny because i was i was in egypt so i was in egypt doing a 10-day stay in egypt and then on the actual um, excursion package there was two I think there was two night or one night stay to, to Jerusalem in Israel so we took the coach up there and coming from Egypt where I could see direct links to the Ashanti kingdom the Yoruba kingdom any West African kingdom like direct links I'm talking when I mean direct I'm talking I'm looking at Tutankhamun and he's got an Ashanti head you know ones there like I'm looking at you know to go to Israel now where my mom obviously was Christian, he was with me. Um, all we can see is a heavy Roman influence. A heavy Roman influence on all the old ancient structures, especially in Jerusalem. You know, you go to certain parts where, you know how it's split up, you've got one side is Palestine, and obviously one side is um, Israel. And um, yeah, the imagery was just crazy. It was like, I'm outside some of these unorthodox churches and you're seeing black Hebrew rabbis begging for money and then the white Jewish rabbis are walking straight past them and that there for me just baffled me because it's like 
he, he needs to understand that even with language, why are they called the Hebrew Jews or Hebrew Israelites, but the white Semites or the mixed race Semites, I should say, are called Jewish. Everything with ish at the end of it means you're coming from a, a crossbreed, if you want to call it, or, or, or a, um, a genetic gene pool that is not one of your own purity. Irish, Scottish, you know, we all know that Great Britain, the indigenous man was the cheddar man, as they scientists have, have come out and said it, which was black with blue eyes. I mean, they even tried to keep the blue eyes there to let people have hope, you know, what's there. So it's like, you got to look at the situation from, you know, a standpoint and going to Israel to learn about a lot of this stuff. It was quite shocking that I couldn't find any reference to me or anyone in the book whereas if you look at the bible there is plenty of evidence in reference to an african presence a heavy african presence especially in the old testament so but yeah it was definitely the same with israel um in terms of the imagery and that jesse jesse to to, to come back to what you experienced if mm -hmm. israelite clearly understand this why are they still persuading it i mean proceeding it from your understanding um uh when you when you talk about israelites or israel as a nation or the country um i'm assuming you're referring to that the reason why they still perpetrate it is because when you're conquering a people or when you're trying to you know take over a land you can't have those people rising up or coming to a point where they get smart and realize oh what's going on this is all a trick so what they continue to do is they continue to perpetrate false images or imagery to keep our subconscious down, to make us never, ever rise up and think that we're above this. So if you look at, um, if you look at even slavery, what I've learned today um, with slavery, it was that 70% of the plantation owners in parts of Virginia and parts of the South were Jewish people. And the Jewish people were the ones that were bringing in the Bible, apparently from um, King James, who was at the time in Ghana, in Jamestown, who was rewriting his own version of the Bible. Because, you know, again, during the slavery, obviously, you know, we were treated as stock, as you're seeing the stock exchange right now. And Portugal, Spain, uh, um, uh, 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 what's the, the, the Dutch, um, Berlin, um, yeah, the Dutch, sorry, and Britain were all at sort of odds or competition. So you had the Bible written in Latin. And at the time, obviously, as you see with King Henry VIII and the Church of England, a lot of these kings don't like rules. So they tried to change things to their own actual, you know, um, um, thing to benefit them. So they, they were sending these books to the Jewish people. And what they were realizing was that the Jews could see in some of these books how there was links to how some of these people are African. So they kept rewriting it back into hebrew so then you're slowly going to get a break off of this part of, of christianity this is where you get the hebrew israelites so some of those black guys that are running around in america you know wearing the hebrew israelite stuff the book that they may have someone will tell you oh that's not the right book or the book we have is the right one you find a lot of these people owned or were part of creating these books so when you've got the king james version when you've got this version that version this version it's all catered to somebody else's agenda which is from the same root of white supremacy, but what they're thinking is right. The Jewish are like, right, we can't have these West Africans learning about what's going on because 
there's revolts in Jamaica. There's over 200 revolts. What I learned today, over 200 revolts per month in Brazil alone. And these guys are reading the same book. Remember, if you watched the movie Birth of a Nation with um, talking about, uh, what's my man's name? Um, Nathaniel Turner, Nat Turner. And he would read the book, but he would read it in certain verses and certain and codes to help the other slaves know when there was going to be a rebellion or where to strike next. Do you see where I'm coming from? So once they clocked that, they were like, raw, like, you need to change it. This is why people were burnt. Their eyes were burnt out for reading or their hands were chopped off for reading. Do you see where I'm coming from? So in order to suppress us, I mean, look, look, at, look at, not to digress, but look at Nick Cannon right now. You know, he hasn't said from what I've seen anything anti-Semitic. He's just confirmed information he's seen or read and researched. But already they've silenced him and they've pushed him down back into his little box and made him learn about their history and culture. So they need to keep perpetrating false narratives in order to keep themselves above. Otherwise, they're going to end up losing their power. You know, so that's that's from what I from what you to answer your question. That's that's how I see it. Thank you for that contribution, Jesse. Um, um, yeah, there was certainly a lot of informative points there, and even stuff that you so sparked in my mind in terms of trying to sort of um, read up on certain things, just to even educate myself. Coach, is there anyone else that wants to chime in? The stage. Uh, I think I think at this point we might be able to open it to the audience. There isn't any further contributions in the chat. I know Nathaniel mentioned something here to say, I don't think it's a case of Jesus being white or black. I think the promotion of white Jesus was equating the white race as a divine race. I believe that this was an important factor in justifying slavery, colonization, and resource exploitation. This notion helps to justify the white notion that they are superior to every other race on the planet. And I think he also mentioned that he agrees with a lot of the points that Jesse mentioned, especially the most effective marketing today when you look at the whole kind of like um, white kind of and um, save your Coca-Cola was. Coca-Cola was my <laughs> they, they turned Santa red, didn't it? Santa was green before Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That, does anyone in the audience want to chip in um, at this point here? Even though you might have not left a comment, is there anything that people would like to share on their thoughts on this conversation so far? Yeah, no, I um, think. So. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Want to add in terms of the um, the other um, comment that was made from Cam, which was in terms of, do we give Christianity a pass? Um, especially highlighting everything that Jesse has brought up and the context in regards to everything that they saw that you, uh, Kojo and Jesse saw in Israel. Would you say? that Christianity deserves a pass, that they were being used to weaponize racism and white supremacy, that it wasn't their fault, that somebody else depicted this and they kind of just sat by and had to allow it to happen? Or would you say that Christianity was complicit in all of this and just allowed it all to continue? Um, I personally think the latter, but um, I would be interested to hear what everybody else thinks. I think I think just before I let Jesse come in, because clearly Jesse has done way more research on this than I have. But obviously, when we mention the day, I wonder who we mean by the day, um, because we uh, just just going back to your kind of explanation on the first part of your argument to say 
that they, because it, it's an organization, isn't it? If you think of the word Christians, Christians is being like, um, being like the followers of, of, of Jesus Christ isn't it? and being like Christ-like. So when you say they, then this is something that was kind of formed. So I, I just think that Christianity was complicit. Um, but then that's the stuff though, because I have to go back to say who they are. Because if you already establish a religion and then someone kind of takes it upon themselves to whitewash it in order to gain some sort of superiority, which then goes with the agenda of slavery and colonization, then, then it might be difficult to attribute that to you. But at this point, as I said, I, I can't establish who the day are. Um, I'm not sure what Jesse kind of his viewpoint on this. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 It, it's funny because it's like this, yeah? If me and you go to a shop right now and we witness somebody stealing something and then the person turns around and blames it on, you know, me and, and, and Koj or me and Mo, we're going to, and then police, you know, turn up, they're going to arrest somebody. We're going to tell, we're going to try our best to make sure that we don't get caught up in this. We're going to try and prove our innocence, right? I, I, I would love to know the institution the pastor, the pope, any priest that has tried to prove his innocence when it comes to not partaking in slavery. Now, you see, the thing is this, yeah? The reason why Christianity was complicit, you got to look at the early 1600s, prior to the Moors obviously losing their power and grip in Spain and in, in Europe, and you're getting this whole renaissance, this birth of the renaissance. What was the edict of, I can't remember the name of the Pope, but it was an edict that was put out that the Pope sent to all nations across the world. This is, where, this is what ties into the story of Marco Polo as well. And he said that anyone who doesn't subscribe to Christianity or to Jesus Christ or the, you know, the Catholic religion, which was prior to the 1600s, created... Um, and in, you know, and invented in terms of the actual white Jesus, you know, having it conformed into a book by a uh, council in Nicaea during, I think it was 325 AD, if I'm correct. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, it was it was 315. 315. 315 AD, yeah. Right, by um, a guy called uh, Constantine, Const I think it was Constantine, right. Um, also, before I continue, there's a very, very good documentary you guys need to watch. It might be on Netflix. It's called Caesar's Messiah, the conspiracy to invent Jesus Christ. You need to really watch that because it's white historians talking about the exact same thing we're talking about um, and breaking it down. So anyway, back to the 1600s. This Pope has now sent out more than 6,000 crusaders. Remember the crusaders? The guys with the big red cross with the and they've gone around the entire world slaughtering people that wouldn't bow down to Christianity. Now, you have to ask yourself, if you right now today don't want to be a Christian or don't want to be a Muslim, you have a, you know, a, a choice. You don't have to. But for you, not knowing what Christianity and Islam is at that time and having a force come in and killing you because you said no or killing you because you don't want to learn or you're you know, you're, you're um, comfortable within your own cultures and your own practices shows you how much of the, you know, aggression, the dominance, the anger was actually inside, you know, these, these, these people. Do you see where I'm coming from? So when it comes to dealing with 
they were, they were fully complicit. In fact, they led the whole entire thing because, again, you're seeing in parts of the Mongolian Empire with um, Kublai Khan, Genghis Khan's his grand, um, grandson, you know, um, the, 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 the Crusaders have gone in there, they've tried to convert the Chinese at the time because China and Mongolia are at war. And some of the Mon Mongoloid and some of the Chinese emperors took on this religion. And before you know it, there was war in their country, again. And everywhere these Christian missionaries have gone, Africa, we can talk about Ghana, um, we can talk about Nigeria, even with the Biafran Civil War, we can talk about um, so much different things. Uganda, Uganda as well. Kenya, Kenya, they actually had concentration camps in Kenya. This is as of early as of um, 1940, 1950. And again, wherever these men there show up with that, you know, with a red cross, the white hood or wherever you call it, ironically similar to the Ku Klux Klan, there's always war, there's always problems, there's always famine, there's always devastation. So they were 100% complicit, 100%. Jesse, they shouldn't Jesse. get a pass. Jesse, Jesse, before you, sorry to cut you, I wanted to understand this properly. When mm. this crusade are coming into any countries, mm -hmm. are they deliberately causing and harm so that they, they can, on the, um, the people there, the community, can actually accept the whitewash, Jesus as white, or just Christianity? I just want you to differentiate them oh, two things. Hold on, let, let, let me come in. Yeah. Um, I, I, know, I know with the Crusaders, they literally came on horses, armour, swords, everything. They weren't coming there to say, hi, how you doing? Don't get it twisted. When the Pope sent out the letter to um, invite the Crusaders, he did do it on the premise of as a pilgrimage. So they were going around mm. as pilgrimages. But the mm. thing is, they were called to arms at the same time. That's why they all had their shields of the Red Cross, whatever, their silver armory and all of that the, mm. pull it this way there were people that spent their life savings to armor up to go for the crusades like they bankrupt themselves just so that they could armor up yeah. to go for the crusades to go around and impose this religion onto all the other countries yeah but are they imposing the religion or are they imposing as jesus is white which one is it or is it both So in, in, in those times, they didn't have the image of Jesus. They were imposing the religion. So it was a religion. It wasn't the actual image of Jesus. Yeah, no, I think, Jesse, you wanted to come in. Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, it's um, what they, what, what I was just saying is when they were coming in, there wasn't even, there wasn't even a question of, of race at the time, but it was that same superiority of, we are the ones in charge. We are. I can't remember the exact time when Michelangelo was commissioned to paint that that famous painting you're seeing in the um. Was, uh, what's that place in Washington? It was fourteen nine nine. Fourteen nine nine. So it might have actually been. It might have actually. It might have actually already um, been around at the time. I'm not too sure. But at the same time, when you do get to submit, the first thing you're going to see is a white Jesus, because that was again. Their, their issue that we're having because what they were what what Constantine when he created the um the Council of Nicaea, you know there was a lot of mis you know a lot of misinformation there. There was a lot of anger between some of the guys he had called. There was a guy called um, Anemius or Amarius, a black um, uh, a black Hebrew, 
that lived in Rome at the time. And he actually had to, um, he had to run away from the meeting. He was actually um, a wanted man because, you know, and I know it's going to probably digress into something else, but he was saying to Constantine, he's like, you can't take some of the stories that we have from ancient Kemet on ancient Nubia and parts of Africa and other places and put it together and create this. This is, this is wrong. You can't do that. This is the people, they're not going to listen to this because again, at that time in Rome, they were having a lot of rebellions. They're having a lot of riots from the people that they have obviously invited into their countries after conquering their, their cities and towns and the people were subscribing. So they said, we need to control all their beliefs in one way. So back to the crusaders, like Mo said, they came with swords, they came with armor. They weren't coming to talk. So I don't think he even got a chance to see if Jesus was white or black. But when you did get a chance to understand the religion, there was no painting or no reference to him being an African because anyone outside of Europe at that time was colored. Chinese, you know, the Indians or the Persians, um, Africans, you know, um, Southern Pan-Asians as well. So it's really, it really is, it's really that peak now because look at how it plays out, you know, look at how it, it, it's affected Africa, whatever, you know, people want to lighten their skin, you know, people want to give us British names instead of our African names, you know, so yeah, that's, 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 that's what I, I would say to that. Yeah, and, and just to add quickly though, just what you just mentioned, Jesse, just regarding the naming, and, and, and that's the stuff, when we look at the damage of what Christianity has not only the whole tradition, but even looking at the naming, because a lot of the excuses that you hear from most people is that, oh, but these names are in the Bible. And obviously what people then forget is that names have a meaning. Anyway, I'll be digressing, yep. but I don't want to, but it's just that when you mentioned that, it just brought up all these kind of conversations that we've had in the episode before anyway. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my name's Hebrew. Jesse is a Hebrew name. It was the son of David. You know, um, when you're looking at some of the names in the Bible, they're Hebrew. But again, my mom was like, we're not going to call you Nana Yao. We're going to call you Jesse because Jesse was probably going to get you into school, into a job. And we don't even want to... They didn't even think of that being an argument. It was just like, yeah, we're going to call it. Do you see I'm coming from? So it's, it's, it's sad, but this is the reality. You know, that's why my son has got a full African name. That anyone that comes into contact with my son is going to learn how to pronounce his name. You know, the ones there, like even the nursery, I've corrected them three or four times. I said, no, 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 no. His name, you see where I'm coming from. So it, just to let him know and understand that, do you see where I'm coming from, that your name is so important because it gives you identity. Yeah. And Nathaniel, is there something, I know you've just added a comment. Is there something you want to add at this point? Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, Jesse, like, I would love to read some of the books that you've been reading, man. It's interesting, really interesting. Um, but generally speaking, I'll say, I'll say the church was a little more than complicit just because um, the church as an institution, and when I say that as an institution, I don't mean the individual church, but the actual governing bodies of the church used to pull their money and invest in the slave trade and colonization. Mm -hmm. They fund the, the ships that the slavers used. They used to lend money to the traders. So it, for me, it's hard to say that they were just complicit, that they just went along with it when they were financing it and they have profited from it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Um, you really and truly, uh, look, at what's, look at what's happening now with these statues getting taken down and you're finding out. Um, there's another good documentary for you guys to watch is Britain's involvement in the slave trade. Um, 
very very good documentary way i mean anything from lloyd's bank to tate sugar even down to some of the alcohols that people drink like you know captain morgan's rum um rain nephew listen to the names jack daniels you know johnny walkers if you look at the imagery of most of these people these were white pirates british pirates and i love the fact that when you speak to british people today they do this whole comparison to america oh america is just you know, really racist over here. We're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're not as bad. I'm like, you're not as bad because this is the fundamentals. That what America's going through right now, we had that way, way back in the early 1800s, 1900s. Just don't come from, you know, William Wilberforce didn't abolish slavery, or neither did Abraham Lincoln. They stopped it because we were rebelling. There's there was more than 300 rebellions on the island of Jamaica. You know, um. Even if you listen to the wording of Jamaica, it's actually a, a, a tree, a, a tree saying, meaning I'm stuck in this place because it was a prison. So if your people, if your stock is rebelling, if you're a, a, a farmer and all your pigs keep running away, and it's not like every single once, you know, once it's every single month, you're going to stop. If the next farmer's having the same issue, you're going to stop selling pigs. So that's how they saw us. So they were like, oh, we need to abolish this. And then Abraham Lincoln thought, okay, I could use slaves to help me fight my civil war against Britain. So we're going to use Britain as an enemy. Oh, yeah, they're the ones that are in full slavery. They're the ones that are profit, which was all true. But it's, it's, it's convenient when America needs help from slaves to fight their war. Ironically, you cut today. The Middle East are terrorists, the Middle East, and we need more soldiers. Black soldiers are on the front line. I've got friends in the army that are in the front line. They were talking, yeah, I was on the front line, but we never really saw the whites ever take certain trips or tours that we took. And it's, we've always been used. And that's the issue we need to understand is that, you know, when we're dealing with these people, when I mean these people, I'm talking about the dominant society, I'm talking about white people, you know, those are racist. Tell them that, look, your atrocities, look at, look at how they behaved when they were going to go attack Winston Churchill. The whole country was, oh, no, what are you doing? Did it? Look at them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like you lot are making yourself even more racist than than ever now. So yeah. it's it's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I know it's it's funny you mentioned those things. Um there's been some comments here by EA. I know we need to be wrapping up since I'm Okay, yeah, well, I wanted to yeah. wrap up, yeah. Yeah, I'll just so read up quickly. Um EA just mentioned don't forget that England were rebelling to the idea of Constantine with their pagan religion and therefore had to merge the two, which is why we have Christmas and Easter. Proper bastardized today. I love the word bastardized. Unbelievable, mate. Almost kind of reminds you of Game of Thrones, mate. They keep using that word. Um, he also went on to mention the pure, the purity of Christianity. The pure, I believe he was mentioning the purity of Christianity can only be found in Ethiopia, which didn't organically spread across Africa. And I think Nathaniel just um, whilst Jesse was going through the revolutions that happened in order for black people to be free. Um, I think Nathaniel was just mentioning the Haitian Revolution. And we all know what kind of happened with the French involvement in the Haitian Revolution as well in America. I believe till now they're meant to be still paying the French for, for that revolution. They're still paying for that, I believe. So, yeah, I think that yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to thank everyone for their contributions to this conversation. It's certainly been thought-provoking um, in terms of the ideas and the thoughts that it sparked. Um, taking it forward and I think in just beyond sort of people chiming in and putting their opinions in place there's also been 
sort of a wider effort to sort of educate and inform. And I certainly have to say that that's, that's, that's one thing I could take out of this conversation. Um, but before we shut off, just wanted to let everyone know that you can find us on Twitter um, at LDM Perspective, but also on Instagram at the LDM Perspective. As I said, please like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, this episode will be going out on YouTube and um, you can catch many of our other episodes on YouTube as well. So um, that's it. That's the LDM Perspective. Until next time. perspectives different views one voice one voice one voice one voice one voice